It's too darn hot. It's too darn hot. I'd like to sup with my baby tonight. Refill the cup with my baby tonight. I'd like to sup with my baby tonight. Refill the cup with my baby tonight. And welcome to the Anderson Reserver Podcast. News from people you trust, our first episode of a screaming hot summer of 2022. A lot going on locally. The Anderson County Farmer's Market opens with full produce options on Saturday. I say full. I'm dubious that there will be any real summer tomatoes yet. It is a little early, but we shall see. There's a lot of other stuff available, though, including early peaches, strawberries, squash, a lot of other stuff out there. So get on out to the Farmer's Market and load up on the summer's bounty. There's Juneteenth, cele- Juneteenth celebrations going on today and tomorrow in Anderson, which marked the final end of slavery, a date that was long after the Emancipation, Emancipation Proclamation. We'll talk more about those events w- and with interviews in tomorrow's podcast. Summer is here, and last week was the annual boat parade at Broadway Lake. And here's what some of the longtime participants, Roy and Peg Ivy, had to say about the event. Roy, Peg. Ivy, Broadway Lake residents for 22 years. And y'all are board members of the Friends of Broadway Lake? Former board members, both of us. Roy was uh, integral in starting the Friends of Broadway Lake. Uh-huh. Well, tell me something about why y'all think Broadway Lake's special. You mentioned it to me a minute ago. It's a fabulous little lake, friendly people, great environment, good wildlife, perfect. Quiet, safe, mm-hmm. uh, ecologically great. If you look around, it's clean. Tell me about this this uh, event today. Okay, um, Jeff Herbert normally runs it, and he's having some difficulties with his boat right now, uh, which is uh, really a shame because he's done such a great job. For I think this is the fifth time that we've done this, uh, but it is basically a boat parade, and I will tell you that we are paddling a canoe. And when we came out before, we were worried with all the power boats, but we found out that they can keep up just fine. Well, tell me about that canoe. You worked hard on that canoe. Tell people about that. Okay, well, it was uh, in 1996 that I finished it. I started it in 95. Um, it, I built it with Tom McKenzie, who is arguably uh, America's foremost uh, wood and canvas canoe builder. He lived here on the lake, uh, not at the time, but he did with us uh, for quite a while. He's passed away now. But at any rate, uh, that boat has 250 pieces of wood in it. It has 3,500 brass tacks, and I drove every one of them and shaped every piece of wood. P- yeah. Pretty much do a big loop of the lake. Uh, we Out have, by the golf course mm-hmm. and around. And we have sh- shallows up that end, so unfortunately we don't go all the way up there. Uh, canoes don't care. <laughs> and they but, do have a, a prize for the best decorated boat, so uh-huh. you'll see some interesting themes. And how long have y'all been participating in it? Every year for five years. And, uh, you also told me you're involved in another big event coming up this summer. Go ahead and remind people about that, that they need to come out and see. Oh yeah, Friends of Broadway Lake Family Day, Saturday, August 13th. We have a free professional ski show. We have cardboard boat races with seven of Anderson's best charities. And two of the fire departments buy for the best boat every year. And then we have a family class that's open to anyone who wants to build a cardboard boat mm-hmm. and race. It's a lot of fun. Lots of good family activity all day long from two, food from 10 to 2. Food trucks. Yeah. And if people want to participate, how can they find out how to get involved? Uh, we'll have some information on Facebook and Nextdoor, and we're going to put out flyers. Well, there's a lot going on at the lake. We can talk more about that in future podcasts. But this week was busy with primary elections, and three local incumbents lost to political newcomers. 
uh, South Carolina Representative Brian White, who had held a seat since 2001 and had been chairman of the House Ways and Means, lost to April Cromer, and Wes Cox from District 10 lost to Thomas Beach, and Anderson County Council Member Ray Graham from District 3 lost to Greg Elton. We'll talk more about the elections as they get closer. These were the primary elections in the Republican races. Uh, J.T. Foster won the primary election for probate judge position, which would be left vacant by the retirement of the amazing Judge Martha Newton, who served for more than four decades. And again, we'll talk more about Judge Newton in weeks to come. The unexpired term of Anderson County Auditor, left vacant by the death of longtime Auditor Jackie Newton, is in the midst of a recount and should be settled later today. This is Friday, June the 17th. The official count, unofficial count, had Anderson businessman John Binka, who is the owner of McKee's Irish Pub, 17 votes ahead of the assistant auditor, Danny Caldwell. We will have an update on that in tomorrow's podcast. Uh, the next few podcasts will also feature a series of my regular seasonal interviews with the county's leaders and especially the mayors and town uh, officers, plus a special interview with an animal lover well known for other things. And my interview with Anderson County Administrator Rusty Burns, which I, I do every month, was recorded over a week, a little over a week ago, and it offers a wide spectrum of updates on the county's economic development, recreation, the upcoming fiscal year budget, and a whole lot more. Uh, let's do start with Anderson County's uh, fiscal year 2022-23 budget, uh, which County Council is furiously working on and will need to have passed by the end of this month. Last year, the budget was completed and passed in May. Yep. Uh, is there any reason why it was back to the traditional June this year? Reassessment year, and the state hasn't passed their final budget, not laying any blame to the state, but there are a couple of things we'd like to see whether we're going to get or not. And uh, putting the numbers together, there will be no tax increase. So if anybody tells you there's going to be a tax increase, it's not going to be a tax increase because county council has already stated they're not going to increase taxes. So nothing new and exciting, a whole lot of requests, paring those down, trying to see what will work, trying to fit the new jail situation in that, which the council wants built here, us to begin on that as soon as the budget's over, really, to start the work on that. So a lot of things on that, and we're also paying off some things which, which will help us to a degree. So trying to put all that together into a cogent package, I think that's where we are. But we will have a budget before June 30th. Are there any particular challenges in this year's budget, or is it just the same challenges? It's the same challenges every year, but add in the reassessment year and things like that, and it makes it more difficult. And just a few things that you have to iron out. So. But we'll get there, and it, it'll, it will be fine, and it will be uh, reflective of what the needs of Anderson County are. Of course, we could double the amount, and we still wouldn't take care of every need we have, but we're not going to do that. Council won't do that to the taxpayers. Remind people how often you do reassessment. You do it every five years. And in some cases, you can ask for an additional year. Council didn't do that. And can you help? I mean, this is out there, but I just want to ask if you can do this. Can you help the average person sort of understand their tax notice? Because people see millage, schools, and other stuff, and they get really confused. Can, is there any way you can condense that for the layman and how with that tax thing? Well, really, it's pretty. It's spelled out very well on there. But the bulk of your taxes are school taxes, and if you look at that, you will see the school millage on that, and then you will see the county portion. I mean, people think that we have a great deal of growth, and we do have a great deal of growth, but they say, look at all of that money that the county's getting. Well, they're looking at a whole dollar. We don't get the whole dollar. We're happy to get 15 or 20 cents out of that 
whole dollar because it goes to schools and it goes to things like that. So we don't get all of that growth. And you said no tax increase. How does the county continue to grow and not increase taxes? It is very, very difficult. It is very, very hard to do that, but we're going up almost 14 years. I think one year they did bump it, and the next year they brought it back down one mil. But the growth, we do get, the county does get some money for growth, but it's not an astronomical amount. But when you fund new new positions in the sheriff's department, which they are doing, you know, as the county grows, the need for sheriff's deputies increases, the need for detention officers increases, the need for the number of people at the landfill increases. People say, well, you know, I live in the city and they pick up the, pick up my trash. Well, all of that trash goes to a private landfill that the county has a contract on. But if it's construction and debris, then all of that comes to us. And so we also do the recycling program, and that is the county doing that. So any place that a town or city does recycling, it eventually ends up with us to try to resale to keep the solid waste fees down. And that's another little note on your uh, tax bill, solid waste fee. And how much does $1 worth of services cost the county? <laughs> if you get a, we get a dollar increase in what all of this growth is, we get 15 to 20 cents out of that dollar. And so just to recap, budget's got to have two more readings and there's a public hearing plan for the final budget. As a matter of fact, we're going to have two public hearings just like we did last year. By law, it states that you have to have a public hearing that is noticed in the paper. But last year we had two public hearings and we're gonna have two this year at the next two meetings. So anybody can get up and talk and say anything they want to. But one has to be published in the paper, the other one has, we, the county doesn't have to do it, but the council does it anyway. And so those are gonna be the next couple of Tuesdays? Yeah, well, I think it's going to be the, the third Tuesday and the 28th, correct. Okay, all right. Um, is there any chance after that budget has, uh, Past and we're moving looking ahead because I've heard several people ask me this around the towns that uh, County Council will revisit hospitality tax idea for unincorporated areas. Uh, all the towns already have it. And all of the towns have it and I've heard some people discussing that but I don't think that that is going to be an item right after. I think usually right after a budget is called digestion of the budget. So that's going to take some time to do that. Because okay. I mean from the numbers I've seen Roughly, the county leaves about three and a half million dollars on the table every year. About four, about four million. About four million. About four million. More than it goes up every year, doesn't it? Yes, it does. All right, moving on economic development. Any economic development news for June? Uh, I think you told me <clears throat> the industrial recruitment is no longer a seasonal thing. No, it goes along. It goes all year long. Well, you know, we announced FedEx last week, and we announced twelve jobs, but we really know it's going to be a whole lot more jobs than that. And yesterday we were able to announce with Hunt Midwest over a million square feet of new space. Some of it will be for warehousing and some of it will be for new industry. And so both of those are on 81 North. They're in the same area there. Very. I mean, they touch each other. So you have that going on. And we're expecting some other exciting news here in June. Some very exciting news in June. I can't say exactly what the day because we're still working out the details on that. But we also have other things that we're working on and we have other economic development projects in the south end of the county that are contingent on, on us being able to provide sewer and we're working with other entities other governmental entities 
who control that territory to allow us to serve those. And those are high-paying jobs and, and, a, and, and a great number of jobs. And speaking of that, you and I the other day were talking informally about the fact that lack of materials is slowing some of the growth down. Is that going to slow sewer down everywhere? Well, as you know, we opened the bids for the Exit 14 project where we have people standing on their heads to build things. And we like people to build things right near the interstate, you know, so they don't get out too much into the community. So, and I met with the developers yesterday on that, and they told us, and we awarded the bid, and they said it would be 10 months before they could get pipe. 10 months. The county is building the new band shell out at the Civic Center, which is going to increase the number of concerts because nobody wants to go, at least no quality entertainers want to go out into a field this, these days with all the competition and how these nice arenas are set up now. And so we expect that new band shell to actually increase the number of things that we can have at the Civic Center that'll make money for the Civic Center and provide entertainment for the people. But even that has been slowed down because of material shortages. And so again... It'll be after Celebrate Anderson. It better not be after Celebrate oh, Anderson because okay. I've been told, and I've been told lots okay, of stuff. Okay, so it's not going to be... Uh, August 25th, because there's not one concert, but it's almost a concert and then another concert. Blackberry Smoke is supposed to play, and then almost the following week. Well, Jamie so, Johnson. Jamie Johnson and Blackberry Smoke, yeah. and then right after that, Celebrate Anderson. Right. So we're trying to have that in place for that. I'm going to come back to Civic Center in a minute. I was just thinking, though, how important are all the reclamation development projects on the old mill sites in the county? I know. The county's working on Equinox, City Chemtex, you got Honeypath, Iva Pelzer. Uh, any update on Equinox first? Uh, we're getting ready to close, actually sell that to the developer, and I think the financing is falling into place for that. Uh, and we're speeding along with that because the developer wants to get his hands on that property. The other property, the one you mentioned, the old Chemtex property, I think that's moving along well. And there are members of our South Carolina legislative delegation who are working very hard to get money to help other mill projects. And so when I told you earlier we're waiting to see on the state budget, because that's going to be around June 15th, 16th, 17th, sometime like in that period, and see what that is, because that can change some things and speed up some growth in some of these outlying mill areas. But again, that's the delegation in the county working hand in hand to make that happen. Could these old sites really be economic engines for those communities? They absolutely could. They absolutely could. One of the things people sometimes forget, you know, most of the water and sewer is already there. If you can get the junk out of the way and clean it up, then you've got a site that's fully, has full infrastructure and what might have been at one time, well, you know, that's a little ways away. Well, Equinox is not far from downtown. The Chemtex project is not far from downtown. You know we did put out a request for proposal on the old Toxway site. That's not very far from Anderson University. That's not very far from downtown. And you know we have been looking at the old Piedmont Northern, or as people used to call it, the Poor and Needy Rail Trail, that could actually connect Anderson to Belton. We had a meeting last week on that. So that would be going into that old mill area right there and really be a benefit to us. I'm not saying you're going to be on it in two or three weeks, but we had a really good meeting on that the other day, so hopefully something's going to come of that. 
Well, to take a side path there, trails continue to be underworked all over the county, right? I mean, some people hate trails, but you look in uh, real estate advertisements between Greenville and Traveler's Rest, and it says, beside the trail. Price jacks up. So, I mean, they're not a detriment. They can increase the value of areas. And, you know, people say, well, I don't want it in my backyard. You know, well, they do screen in areas where they want it screened. So. Well, I'm seeing a lot of progress on them. I mean, you're seeing work, really people working on this trail. That, that one going from the AnMed campus north to the Civic Center, man, they're working on that thing on both ends. Absolutely. Furiously. And, that, and that's going to be there. And that's going to be one of the longest trails in an urban area in the state. So we're proud of that. It's wide and yeah. wide and pretty and lighted and clean. Um, with all the news from around the country, I, I've been meaning to ask you, has Anderson County seen any need to beef up security at any of the buildings or other stuff? One of the things, and as you know, because of COVID, that they did not do safety. They Well, the Sheriff's Department would go in and do safety checks. Well, now they started back because COVID's winding down. And so, yes, we have contacted the Sheriff's Department and specifically asked that they look at some of our buildings to make sure we're where we should be in terms of safety. Uh, the McCants area is an area in question. So we're going to be studying that to see what we can do to beef up security there. So that's one area. But everywhere and everybody that I've talked, including private companies here in Anderson, are taking another look at that. And I know that some private companies are even hiring off-duty police officers to come in to provide their employees with the comfort that, hey, we have a police officer here. Speaking of that, uh, where are we at on the jail? I mean, what's the latest on... The jail, we are trying to determine the members of the committee because they have to be X, Y, X, Y. And we're pretty much getting a hold on that. Uh, we have uh, the warden and a representative from the administration staff today touring jails in North Carolina. And we've been receiving pictures because as we stated, we want somebody with a national reputation who knows how to do this. And again, not to bore your listeners, but we also want to have state-of-the-art jail. We want to be able to take federal prisoners, which you make money on. And we want that uh, juvenile section because you make money on that. And while you're making money on that, we can serve the people in Anderson County a whole lot better. So that's what council wants to come out of that. So that's what we've got going on. So within five years, we should have a jail maybe? Oh, I hope it's not five years. I know it'll take two. If the shortage keeps up, you know, we may be. But I think it ought to be done in about three. Uh, Anderson County is preparing to kick off a comprehensive anti-litter campaign called Clean Anderson. Have you got any updates on that? I know the committee's getting ready to meet again. I know that we're going to add uh, positions to enforce the litter laws, and we're going to add more people in the crews, and it'll probably be a three-year ramp up on that. So, yes, we will be doing that. But as everybody knows, we have a very large county, and still one sniper would take care of everything. Looks like they're pushing dirt around the elephant pen property. Uh, have you been given any data on when they might get some grass in the ground? Well, the people that are pushing the dirt around in the elephant pen are the same people who are doing Kid Venture. So we've, we've requested that they put all efforts in Kid Venture and we will take care of the green grass when they get through with Kid Venture. So that's where that is. And where are we on Kid Venture in terms of opening that? They're talking about July 4th, but it depends on when we get the last bit of equipment for the splash pad. We could probably open the playground, but I don't want the county to open the playground and not the splash pad. Yeah, because that's not anybody's talking about the splash pad. Yes. They're not talking about the playground anymore. Yes. It is, what they've got up out there is pretty impressive. If people haven't been out there, just ride by and look and see what they got. A lot of shade. Lots of shade. 
Uh, is the county looking for partners to uh, develop the site back there when eventually? Uh, do you have a checklist on what you want when you look for a developer for partnership on that property, that elephant pen property? Yeah, as a matter of fact, I talked to a developer today and I told him we want a mix of retail, we want a mix of housing, uh, we'd like to have a restaurant back there, we would like to have things that would enhance the downtown area. We know that some of the areas behind us are getting looks now from developers about doing something to be near the core of downtown. So what you think of as traditional downtown, I think that is going to expand to a larger area. There's still places to fill in downtown Anderson, but there are also places that are right in this hub that could become something, those mill properties. That's probably the number one question I get is that property, you know, and so it's not being ignored. It's just no, it's not. I can assure you it's not being ignored. Uh, we, I do this just as a matter of record. Every, and we're 10 months in now. Uh, what are the latest numbers looking like on the countywide EMS system? So far, we're looking very, very good. We're uh, uh, today making a presentation to the South Carolina Association of Counties as one of the most innovative programs in the state of South Carolina. I don't know what our chances are on that. But so far, we're very pleased. The number of complaints that we receive are dwindling. Do we uh, make mistakes every once in a while? Guarantee you we do. As long as we're using humans, we're going to make mistakes. And we're ironing out a lot of communications things. As you know, fire dispatch is going to join with uh, the county dispatch, so we're going to have unified dispatch. Well, in essence, we'll add four more positions on 911, and 911 is where everything starts. The burden, a lot of the burden on those hardworking, dedicated people falls on them. You get it out, then it's on us to follow up with the QRV. And I'm very happy with the QRVs, and we probably have some issues on some of the ambulances, but we're working towards that, but we knew we were. We're not in this a year. How about the broadband partnerships? Is it still on schedule? Uh, broadbands, we have, uh, we applied for seven grants. I think we possibly may get two of them. They're called the last mile grants. But it's awfully interesting that we have this partnership with Blue Ridge and WC Tail, which they operate under, you know, up their joint brand, Upcountry Fiber. But you see a lot of uh, lines being put down by Charter and AT&T. So it's a good old American way. Competition is a wonderful thing because it spurs people to take care of their own interests, which are our interests. Yeah, well, switch was just getting everybody broadband. I have noticed that particularly AT&T putting lines all over. The everywhere, yeah, everywhere. Stuff everywhere. Uh, how about updates on mental health court, veterans court? Still waiting, still waiting on that grant. I'm 100% sure that we're going to get it. Doing a lot of work in the interim period to get ready for that and how it would work and who would operate it and that. So that's going well. We're just we're just waiting, waiting on that grant. That's all we're doing. Well, summer means county farmers markets now open with fresh produce and other goodies. Uh, uh, anything to report new on the market this year? Well, talking with Sharon Nicometto, the Long-time, wonderful farm market manager. We may have tomatoes Saturday. May. It's a little early. May. Okay. But she expects more the next week because she talks to the farmers and find out, finds out these things. But you probably you'll we'll have get your Duke's mayonnaise you'll, ready. You'll have squash and you'll have other things like that. And then we're getting ready for the grand opening down there. So that ought to be real nice. And we've talked about this for a couple of years. Anything particular holding up the idea of bringing it downtown on Saturdays? I think the fact that they have the stalls and everybody's familiar with it is probably the largest holdout. 
but I still know that it would blow up downtown, and I think it would be a benefit downtown. So that idea is always there. Well, and, and we are sort of the lone wolf still out there without a downtown farmer's market. Spartanburg, Greenwood, Greenwood, everybody else has it downtown on Main Street. And, yeah, well, Greenwood, Greenwood's off the side street. Ours is off the side street. Greenville's is downtown. I still go back. I mean, still go back to Marion Square in Charleston. If you've never been to Marion Square on Saturday morning, it's a carnival. That could be right in front of these two courthouses. You know, all the places downtown that don't have the, <coughs> the lunch crowds they have during the week and stuff. Uh, I know county council members are all working on their recreation plans. Uh, any idea when they'll present these plans? Well, some of them are almost through and others are, in, are works in progress. So I would say that's probably about two months away. And as part of that, a lot of events are going on, just been completed, Slough River Rally. You were out there, had perfect weather, yep. good crowd. Very good um, crowd. Meals on Wheels is fixed to have their first uh, Hartwell Lake Charity Run at Green Pond. Yep, they're beginning set up today. And any update on the potential for the July 4th event at Green Pond, maybe, with fireworks? I or? think we're, we're because there are other people that are going to do fireworks that, there this year, we're going to let that go. Private, private business needs to take the lead on that and attract people to their area, so that's what we're going to do. We'll review it for next year to see if we're going to do that. But we are excited about the uh, Meals on Wheels thing this weekend for the very fact that we received a grant in concert with Meals on Wheels. Now we've completely given that to them to feed the seniors. So anything we can do to help them feed the seniors helps all of us. I've got a series of plays planned out at Green Ponds Amphitheater. Any concerts or other events in the works? No concerts yet, but the plays are scheduled, so we're going to see how that goes. And we may pop in a concert, but it will be in the cooler part, maybe late September, early October. That sounds like a good idea. Yes. All right, Dixie Youth Baseball is going to be setting up shop in Anderson County here in the weeks ahead. First for that regional tournament in Iva, and then the Dixie Youth World Series at the Civic Center. Yep. Explain how these kind of events are important to the economy of Anderson County. Myrtle Beach, places like that, they're tourist destinations. There's free money coming in everywhere. These things bring in the whole family for an extended period of time and their children. And so they spend a whole lot of money in Anderson County and they help local Anderson County businesses to grow and prosper. That's why we do this. I love baseball, but these people come here, they love baseball and they're gonna follow little Johnny and his softball, little Susie, and they're gonna go watch them play. So those are cash cows. And the more of those that we can get, anybody in tourism will tell you that youth sports is where your big money is. That's where the dollars are. And we're becoming, it's becoming a high school and youth recreation destination out there. Who, who's responsible for pulling all that together? Todd McCormick and Joey Lance. And Joey Lance is the Belton Recreation Director, and those two are the dynamic duo. And they have scouted these, they've visited these places, they've made the relationships. I mean, we, we have other tournaments out there because of what they have done but they are a dynamic duo selling Anderson County and getting that out there. Well, you certainly notice even with the traffic when wrestling's in town, but this, this Dixie Youth World Series ought to be a pretty big, I think it was 13 states or something, so it's yep. a, lot of, a lot of places. Done some deferred maintenance out there that we haven't done in a while, and so we were able to do that because all those people coming here are going to put money in our pockets. Any other sports-related news coming out there that you know? Well, they had the final cricket game of the season, right. and so now they'll just be practicing out there. And we're always looking for sporting events that we can attract to Anderson. So we have a lot of exciting things that are coming to Anderson County, a lot of exciting economic and industrial announcements. 
and a lot of exciting commercial activities that are looking to come to Anderson. I talked to a person about a new restaurant today that they are going to refurbish an older building and it will be an independent restaurant. And so you have a lot of those things that are, that are moving out there. So we just need more of it. And we mentioned Celebrate Anderson and, of course, Jamie Johnson, Blackberry Smoke. Those are the end of August, beginning of September. Um, you said there are other events coming. Anything else we talk about that's on the schedule? Well, we know that uh, we have people that are trying to book Travis Tritt, and we have people that are trying to book tribute bands, and we have other people. And a lot of that's depending on that band shell. That band shell will allow you, it'll allow the artist to be covered. And hopefully someday we'll have some covered seating out there, but we've got to crawl before we walk to do that. And I think somebody told me that certain acts you have to have certain square footage on the the band shell for them to even show up. That's exactly right. Or they're not coming. I mean, you know, if I'm a struggling artist, I'll go stand on a on a garbage can and play, but the quality that you want, yeah, that's good. I'm not coming there. I'm not going to Duckburg today. I think I'll go somewhere else. And do you think we'll get back to where we get those kind of Beach Boy, Earth, Wind, and Fire level bands. That's, that's the whole idea because it that was then, but now it's a whole different. And you know this as well as I do, Greg. Back in the day, you made your money if you were an artist on record sales. That's where you made your money. Well, now the way people get their music is entirely different. Right. Do you wonder why these 70-year-old people, rock and roll guys, are going around and doing live performances? Because that's where they make their money now. They can't sit back and live off those past record sales because it's not there. So there are more people on the road, more chances to book people, and more varied entertainment. Very close. But one thing I want to mention, and I know this will be on before then, is that Friday at 10 o'clock, it's not at the Recycling Center, but if you know where the Recycling Center is across the road, we're going to have a funeral service <clears throat> for 170 people. You use the word indigent, I hate that word, but I don't know any other way to describe it. <clears throat> but Reverend Clark and Reverend McCarty from Boulevard are gonna come there and we're gonna have a funeral service for those people who've never had a funeral service and their names are on the plaque. And you did a story on that. And the names are on the plaque and we're going to begin that process of having a funeral in memoriam and the public's invited. It will be 10 o'clock this Friday at the place right across from the recycling next center. Next to the shelter there. Next the to shelter. the shelter, absolutely. And it's June, which is great for me because as we talked, we are 164 days away from the unofficial lighting of the Anderson County Christmas tree. Promise me that the shipping concerns are not gonna affect the growth of the tree this year and tell me how tall it's gonna be. It will be bigger. It will be bigger. So it the shipping's not going to slow down. It depends. It depends on how the fertilizer works. It always depends on that. We're closing in on 50 feet, right? Very, very close. Very close. The Anderson County Finance Committee will meet at 2 p.m. Monday to put the final touches on the fiscal year budget. Uh, the public is invited to that, as well as to a public hearing scheduled for June 29th, which will be the final vote on the fiscal year 2022-23 budget. Meanwhile, up in Pelzer, Mayor Will Raglan, as if he were not already busy enough running a town, the Milltown Players, the new Simpsonville Performing Arts Center, has a new title. He is now a cat rescuer. So you have become a cat rescue worker. I don't know how that happened. Tell people how, how you've become a cat rescuer. Oh boy, this is something I never expected. Well, my first mistake there, Greg, was uh, feeding one stray cat. One. You know, just for fun.
But here's what happens. That cat tells its friends. That cat has babies and has more babies. And those babies have babies and those babies have babies until you have yourself what's called a cat colony in your backyard. And you're spending lots of money trying to feed them and uh, take care of them. And if you have a back deck like I do, oh, it's a perfect place for them to hide and to live and to have more babies. What do you do when you have a cat colony and you don't have time to even have one pet and you've got tens of them back there? Well, I've met some good friends at Paws of Anderson. This is a, a service of our great county, Anderson County. What a great service. I trap cats on Monday and Wednesday nights and on Tuesday and Thursday mornings I drive here from Pelzer with two very unhappy friends in, in traps and I take them to Paws of Anderson, drop them off between 8 and 8.30 in the morning and those folks are so nice down there and they do recognize me now and then I pick up those cats in the afternoon between 3 and 5 p.m. They give them their shots and they fix the cat and they snip the little ears so we know that this cat has been given those treatments and I bring the cat right back to my house TNR trap neuter return or release and uh, but now those cats are not going to have babies they have their shots and it's all provided by the county for free now the next challenge is trying to find a new home for these cats and that's where Facebook comes into play I am so happy for Facebook and that I've got friends out there who are willing to adopt a, a homeless cat and give them a forever home. And you'll never, you'll never believe it, Greg, but the grand total of cats that I have cared for at some point over these last couple of years has totaled 39. So ladies and gentlemen, do not feed a stray cat unless that cat is now your cat and you get that cat fixed. All these years, Bob Barker was telling us to get your, your, your pet strap <laughs> neutered and spayed. Let me tell you, he was speaking the God's honest truth. Get it done, and you can get it done for free at Paws of Anderson. Or, if you'd like to get the chip installed and not to get the ear clipped, they'll do that for 40 bucks. So it's a great service. They're really great people. And uh, remember, Tuesdays and Thursdays is Cat Day. <laughs> and if they're looking for one of your cats that's already been taken care of, where can they find your, just your gallery of cats? Listen, I've been selling cats like it's my job. Like Not I, selling cats, you've been giving I, I know, I know, but, <laughs> but selling the idea <laughs> right. of adopting cats. I feel like you know, I'm a, a used car salesman or something. And actually that's what the uh, veterinarian at Paws said to me. Because I said, I have this, and I, I said, oh, well, you also have these. She's like, what are you, a used car salesman? <laughs> I said, I, I kind of feel like one right now. Yes, yes, I do. So just follow you on Facebook? Yeah, follow me on Facebook. I've got a few cats left that I haven't found homes for, and uh, I've given them names. They have personalities. They're about like less than a year old. They're great cats. They're outdoor cats. They, you know, they're technically feral, but I can pet some of them sometimes, and they're, they're used to me. And if you've got some patience and some time and uh, you'd like to care for them, uh, I'd love to deliver them to your home uh, fixed and with the shots and ready to be loved. <laughs> Raglan's Milltown Players are finishing up their run this weekend of Rex's Exus, a southern fried comedy, which has been doing pretty well. Uh, the Clemson Little Theater in the Pendleton Playhouse has Busted Wedding Bells going on as well. And 
And the Market Theater just recently completed uh, Monday their production of Shrek. Uh, and it brought enthusiastic crowds down to Carolina Wren Park to shows, which all got excellent reviews, so I hope you see more of that. Well, that is it for this edition of the Anderson Observer Podcast. News from people you trust. Join me again tomorrow for interviews and details on the Anderson Juneteenth celebrations. News and interviews from Belton Mayor Eleanor Dunn, Pendleton Mayor Frank Crenshaw, and more on the Anderson Observer Podcast. News from people you trust. Sitting in my-